Our text will be from Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 39. But let me mention first, I can recall an evening some years ago when my oldest son was in high school that he was asked to share his testimony in a chapel service. And the matter that was most pressing upon his heart and his life at that time was the matter of the choices that both he and most all people make in this life. And I can recall his words clearly. He began his testimony with the words, life is made up of a series of choices. And he was right. He was right. Now many of those choices that we make each day are minor. And they have very little consequence on our life as a whole. But oh, oh, there are other choices that we make. And especially those choices that are in response to a matter that's taking place in our life in which we have very few options. And the response that we will have at those moments can have an impact that can affect our entire life and even our eternity. In these words of Scripture that we have before us here today in this book of Luke, we find some of those life-changing events taking place in two women's lives. And we see their responses. And thanks be to God, their responses were the right ones. If you will, follow along with me in Luke chapter 1. I'm going to begin in verse 39. Verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, and behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts, He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Folks, each time that you and I open up these and other scriptures, God gives us precious revealed truth about Himself. And His Holy Spirit who resides within us and it also resides within these words, He speaks out of these pages and makes known to us the hidden secrets of God's heart. I've said to you on other occasions, one of the most difficult problems that we have as Christian believers is that we do not read the scriptures as we should. Each of us should question how much time we do or do not spend in these scriptures because God has things that He wants to say to us. 
and until we read them, he cannot reveal his hidden secrets to us. Now the question for us is that, will we hear his voice when we do read? And if we do hear his voice, what will be our response to it? What will we do with the precious truth that we receive? What will be the choices you and I will make? In the words that are given to us here in Luke 1, God is graciously giving us a glimpse into the private lives of two of His dearest humble servants, Elizabeth and Mary. And God's allowing us to see the response that they had when they suddenly received special revealed truth from God. From all that we read here, it's evident that these two dear ones did everything right with the revelation that they received. And again, that should prompt you and me to wonder, do you? Do I have the right response to the revealed truth that we receive? To these words, even to these words that we've read here just now. Now here in these words we see God's special messenger, Gabriel. And he's delivering a message to each of these dear ones. A special revelation about some very mysterious things that would soon take place in each of their lives. Things unimaginable. Things that had never before taken place and would never again take place in any other person's life in all of time. And here we see the personal response that each of them had to this special revelation. Folks, there's a message that cries out to you and me from this account that we're reading about here in these words. While no, we might never have an angel standing before us giving us a message from God. His voice, listen, His voice is still nonetheless speaking forth powerful words of truth and wisdom out of these pages of Scripture. If we fail to hear His voice, or upon hearing His voice, if we refuse or neglect to act upon it, then we will surely miss out on all the wondrous provisions and blessings that would come to us. And I must say to you that I believe that you and I probably do that very thing much too often. Much too often. We do our obligatory reading, but something else is inside of our mind that we're thinking about for later on today or some other matter that is pressing on us. And so we read His words and we're reluctant. Our reluctant hearts find some sort of reason why we shouldn't do a thing that we're being prompted to do perhaps as we read these words. Sometimes we're hesitant to respond because we think that we're not learned enough in these scriptures or we're not well trained enough to do the thing that God is calling us to do. How many times have you had that fear? But folks, listen, that will never, never be true. These scriptures are plain. God will never call us to do something that He will not fully equip us to handle. If we will only step on forward, God is faithful and He will do exactly as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tell us. He will surely direct our paths. Now with Mary and Elizabeth, their special callings were to do something that came very natural to them, to have babies. But folks, these births, these births were under really strange and mysterious circumstances. These were two of the most special babies to ever be born on the earth. Mary and Elizabeth heard God's call and they simply responded to the revelation 
exactly as they were supposed to respond. The choices that they made at those moments were the right ones. They surrendered themselves up to God's will. I think it interesting to observe that just as through the disobedience of the first woman, Eve, sin entered in and caused all of mankind to fall. But now through the obedience of these women, and especially the obedience of this special woman, Mary, God is graciously allowing a woman to take the first step in the redemption of mankind from that first sin. Isn't that wonderful? Mary responded rightly to the revelation that she received, and because she did, all mankind, you and I, will forever be blessed. And Elizabeth prophesied those very words to her in verse 41 that we read. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Note here also that God used a very expressive word to tell us about Mary's first response to the revelation that she had received. We read here that she arose and she went with haste. She went with haste to visit Elizabeth. Mary didn't hesitate. She hastened. You and I must never hesitate when God places a call upon our hearts. And again, too often we do that. Too often we hesitate. Often God's call is immediate and it's demanding. And folks, if we do hesitate, even for a moment, then that special opportunity will pass us right on by. And to our great disappointment, we will never have that opportunity again. I'm reminded of an event that would take place later on after Jesus grew up and was coming close to the time of His crucifixion. There, when in the Garden of Gethsemane with His disciples, Jesus needed to pray about all that was about to take place in His death, in His burial, and in His resurrection. And there in the Garden, He asked His disciples to watch and to pray and to wait with Him as He prepared His heart for the suffering that He was about to endure. Now, the disciples were truly earnest in their desire to serve Jesus. Earnest like you and I. And they had proven that over the three and a half years that they had walked with Him. But there in the garden, they stumbled in their commitment and in their surrender to His plan. And they failed Him. Instead of being diligent and watching and waiting and praying with Him, they fell asleep. They fell asleep. And as they slept, they missed out on one of the most important opportunities that God would ever give to men to be able to participate firsthand through prayer in the redemption of all mankind. Oh, what a lost opportunity that was. Now yes, they would probably have some excuses that they might make later. That would certainly be the way we would handle it. But folks, there is no excuse that will ever make up for their loss. They faltered in their faith and they faltered in their response to Jesus' special call upon their lives. And yes, they were probably confused and uncertain at the time that it was all taking place. But that is the very essence of faith. That is the essence of faith. Dealing rightly with things that are uncertain. Things that are unseen, that lie ahead of us. Hebrews 11.1 1, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith, folks, is seldom ever found in the things that we're able to see and to feel, to rationalize. 
Faith, real faith, is only to be found in trusting the deeper things of the heart of God. His righteousness, His holiness, His purposes, His plans, His precepts. Believing that He truly is trustworthy in every moment and in every matter that we encounter. That's faith. That is faith. Faith should have girded up those disciples as they slumbered there in the garden. But it didn't. But thankfully, that was not so with these two precious women. Especially Mary. When she heard the call that God placed upon her soul, she responded rightly. And immediately she said to the angel, Behold, your maidservant, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. The right response. She made the right choice at that moment. And then Elizabeth would confirm it to us later when she would say in verse 45, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. This word believed is the same word for faith. Same word for faith. Mary had faith. She trusted God and she believed that God would bring all that He had said to fullness. That's what Elizabeth said. And she did. She believed it. She believed all that God had said to her that He would bring it to fullness. And so she did what you and I must do when we receive a revelation from God. She made the right choice. She began by hastening to take part in God's plan. Verse 39 again. Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city in Judah. Now, Mary didn't do as so many women do today. She didn't hide away in some dark room when she found out by surprise that she was going to have a baby. Mary immediately caught the vision that God had given to her. And she responded with enthusiasm. Are you willing, am I willing, to listen carefully and catch the vision for what God is saying to us? Praise be to God that there were no abortion mills like Planned Parenthood to tempt Mary to take the easy way out and to have her baby aborted. And also, praise be to God that there was no government edicts to require midwives to kill their newborns as in the days of Moses. No, God's timing was perfect for this special baby Jesus to be born. And Elizabeth also was obviously very elated to welcome her promised son into the world and also to welcome her newfound calling because when she heard the voice of Mary coming into her house, she was immediately caught up in the power of the Holy Spirit and she began to shout with a loud voice this special prophetic blessing that the Holy Spirit put into her heart. Listen, verse 41. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Folks, Elizabeth was excited and she showed it. You know, most of the time, we conservative Presbyterians and Baptists and Methodists, we don't get really excited about the presence of the Lord. We're afraid that someone might think badly of us if we shout out loud. But praise be to God, Elizabeth was not concerned about those kinds of things. And I wonder, I wonder if we in this church were to catch the vision that the Holy Spirit is in this place. And He is. He is. If we were to catch the vision that the Holy Spirit 
was in this place, would we begin to shout out loud, even during the middle of the service? Or would we be quick to tell someone who did that kind of thing to be quiet? Because our church services should be conducted decently and in order. Those words are in a scripture verse, by the way, decently and in order. But they are just after the words that tell us to prophesy, to tell about Christ. Elizabeth was obviously not constrained by man-made rules. She was excited by the Holy Spirit. So much so that she couldn't hold back her joy. Listen to these words again. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting Sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is an exciting thing that's taking place here, folks. Here is one very young girl already bearing the seed of the Savior of all mankind. And then here is an elderly woman carrying the seed of the prophet who would go before the Savior, making straight his path in the wilderness. Listen, deep within their wombs were two men, meeting each other for the first time, still unborn babies, but yet recognizing and acknowledging each other. Let me say that to you again. Within the wombs of these two women were two men, meeting each other for the very first time, still as unborn babies, but yet recognizing and acknowledging each other. That makes me want to say praise the Lord out real loud. And to make matters even better, these were two babies who would grow up and to carry out missions like no other missions that would ever come to men. Two women hearing the call of God, stepping forward and carrying it out to completion. Folks, that is admirable. And that is faithfulness. Consider for a moment why God chose to give us this brief glimpse of these two special women. He could have just rushed on ahead and told us all about the days when Jesus would walk the earth and preach and teach and heal people. And He did that in some of the other Gospels. But here, here God chose a different path. Here He wanted you and me to see the intimate details of the lives of very simple and very ordinary people. People like you and me. And that's intentional on his part. Why did he do that? I have no doubt that it was because God wanted you and me to identify in very intimate ways with all that was taking place. Because that is also the way that God will deal with you and me. Personally and intimately. Sometimes demanding. Sometimes we'll be alone. Sometimes we might be in a crowd. But he will do these very things with us. As we go about the activities of our day, you and I most often think that we're doing all these things ourselves. We're planning and we're carrying out every activity that we're involved in. But folks, listen. Listen. Interspersed within all of our busyness, God's hand is involved. He leadeth me, the hymn says. God is placing opportunities within our paths. Some of those opportunities are easy, but some are difficult even painful 
as it would be for Mary and Elizabeth over the many years to come. The question for you and me is, as God places a call upon your heart and mine, will we be open enough to God to hear that call and to recognize that it's Him? And if we do hear His call, will we be willing to make the right response, to make that right choice, to answer His call, just as Mary and Elizabeth did, with surrendered hearts and with great enthusiasm, I do hope so, folks. I do hope so for me and for you. Let me close with this thought. God's Spirit truly is in this place today. And He is in this Word that we have read and preached from these pages. And just as the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy, and as Elizabeth shouted out her joy, you and I should be leaping with joy and shouting out our praises. Are we willing to take that kind of step with the Lord, to get excited about His presence? Each time that you open up these Scriptures, you should get excited because He is in those words. Are we willing to respond with great haste and with great joy the way these women did? We should, and we must. We must. Listen as we close. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked on the humble estate of His servant. Let's pray.